You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your co Jason. This is your co Danny. Fans, we got a good show for you today. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the NBA uh, playoffs, and then we'll go into a little bit about uh, some golf and uh, just a tad bit about Major League Baseball. But first, Danny, right into the NBA and where the final game of the season happened yesterday. And now we have the playoff seating solidified, uh, and we have the playoff matchups mm-hmm. of course the, in the eastern conference milwaukee bucks number one seed number one seed overall in the nba they'll match up against the play-in winner uh which would be the eighth seed uh boston celtics number two seed uh they'll play the play-in winner uh which would be the uh, number seven seed uh and then we have an interesting playoff scenario here playoff matchup between the philadelphia 76ers against the Brooklyn Nets, and then Cleveland Cavaliers against the New York Knicks. This is buying for uh, a second round unlike any other. First, I'll say I I see Boston advancing in the first round. I see Philly advancing in the first round, which means that those two would match up in the second round, which we have predicted. Mm -hmm. I see Milwaukee winning the first round uh, against whoever that play-in winner is, and then they'll match up against the winner of the Cleveland Cavaliers-New York Knicks series, which I'm giving it to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The second round is going to be a beast in the Eastern Conference. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jay, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I don't see any major upsets in the Eastern Conference in the first round. Once we get to the Western Conference, we'll talk about that. But I think from the Knicks' perspective, with Julius Randle being questionable, I think that may impact them beating Cleveland. I think they can beat Cleveland, but with Julius Randle, they're they're not sure exactly when he's going to return. So with him being out, I think that gives Cleveland the upper upper hand. The one that may be tricky, it kind of depends how this play-in goes. I'm looking at Miami, and if they come in and they win tomorrow night, them playing Boston, it's not going to be an easy series for Boston. Uh, that may be where the Bucks may have an advantage if you look down the line because Miami's underachieved this year. They're starting to play a little bit better, but they know what it takes to get to the championship. Not saying they're getting there, but they have the players and, you know, riding high off the Udonis Haslam retirement. They may, you know, come in with a little mojo if they can take care of Atlanta uh, in this first game. So I think that may serve Milwaukee well if Miami can get to that Boston series and kind of wear down Boston because they play that grinded out strong defense style and they're kind of similar teams that way Brooklyn Miles Bridges has been hooping man and they could catch Philly slipping but I think Philly can take care of business there and uh, make it to the second round yeah Danny now the Western Conference and where the Denver Nuggets has that number one seed uh, Jokic has been hurt, uh, hasn't played. 
Uh, we'll see how this week shapes up for him uh, leading into this uh, series. But they play the play-in winner uh, at that number eight seed. The same thing here with Memphis Grizzlies. They play the number seven seed to play play-in uh, winner. Sacramento Kings, this is the interesting first-round series that I think a lot of people are going to be really looking at here, Danny, where you have the Sacramento Kings, the number three seed, going against, up against Golden State, number six seed, and everybody knows about the issues Golden State has had on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're getting healthy. Wiggins is, is coming back. Don't know if he's going to be back fully for this first round. Mike Brown, uh, a lot of people have been saying that he is the coach of the year. Sacramento Kings has been balling. This is going to be a very intriguing matchup. Uh, And then you have the likes of Phoenix Suns against the LA Clippers. Paul George may not be back for this one. So this is going to be interesting to see how this series shapes up. Now you have KD, who I believe the Phoenix Suns are 8-0 when he's in a lineup, uh, faced off against Kawhi Leonard. That's going to be something else. That This is going to be a, a series for you. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be really interesting to see when Paul George gets back, uh, if he gets back in time for, for this series. Danny, what say you about the Western Conference? Jason, I look at these matchups, and this is where I think a lot of upsets are possible in the Western Conference versus the Eastern Conference. I think there's, like, if you look at Denver, for example, if they, if Minnesota gets that eighth spot, pending what happens here in this plan, Denver, Minnesota, that's not a given for Denver. Denver should win, but uh, all this stuff going on with Minnesota, you don't know where they're going to be at mentally. If you know if they bring everything together after what happened yesterday with Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson, even tomorrow against the Lakers, I'm curious how this plays out. I hope LA doesn't take them lightly. That's all I'm looking at because they did play strong yesterday in that second half against the Pelicans to end up uh, getting in the eighth spot. The Phoenix Clippers series that Paul George injury is huge uh, from a defensive standpoint more than an offensive standpoint, in my opinion, because I think they need that to stop Phoenix. But Phoenix hasn't played a lot together either. Neither is the Clippers. So uh, I'm very I'm looking forward to because you really don't know. Uh, same with Sacramento and Golden State. The road thing may be uh, null and void because they're right next to each other. I, I don't know if that will impact Golden State, but not having to travel as far just to Sacramento, may uh, help Golden State's chances. The other thing is Sacramento doesn't play a lot of defense. So if Golden State can get rolling, and you know how they can get hot, that could uh, be a problem for the Kings. This one definitely is the one I'm looking forward to as well, man, because I think it's going to be a lot of fireworks. These teams can both score, and... The Warriors have that championship pedigree. The Kings haven't been there in forever. So they're going to have a lot to play for. Uh, And then that Memphis, if it's the Lakers, if the Lakers win tomorrow night, uh, with Steven Adams being out, will those injuries from the Memphis side of things impact them where the Lakers can expose them down low for Anthony Davis to get off? And 
uh, kind of carry the Lakers through the series. But Memphis is up and down, and the Lakers with those trades that that's why this trade was huge at the deadline because now they have some youth that can hang with Memphis and kind of slow them down. So I'm very intrigued with the Western side of this bracket to see how this shapes up. And there could be, like I said at the beginning, there could be a lot of upsets here if these teams don't come to play. Like you said, Danny, this Timberwolves Lakers uh, playing, this is going to be something interesting here. Uh, I don't know what the hell going on with, with Minnesota, man. This is a whole lot happening. You got Rudy Gobert uh, punching. You got got the other individual's name punching the wall, break his hand. He's out for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive presence on the wing. I, all I got to say is, Danny, I don't know what in the world's going on in Minnesota, but I will give them this. Rudy Gobert got suspended for this game. To me, that speaks volumes in terms of the organization and how they value their players. And what I mean by that is we saw the video of Draymond Green mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. There was some action, but no action, if you will, in terms of, yes, Draymond Green got fined for an undisclosed amount. Don't know what happened behind the scenes, but there was no suspension by the organization, by the team. Here you have a suspension. I think you got to give some props for that. Um, but at the same token, this could be a detriment to to them winning in this game against the Lakers. Uh, with the Lakers having size, more defensive presence, et cetera. So this is going to be interesting to see how this really plays out. And now, Danny, on to uh, a little golf here with the Masters. Uh, the big story uh, is not necessarily that Rom has won the uh, Master Tournament, but it was, but it was uh, the withdrawal of Tiger Woods uh, due to uh, him re-injuring the foot, uh, plantar fasciitis, uh, and you can tell just by his limp uh, that he was struggling. Uh, I mean, you had it kind of being warm. At the beginning of the tournament, it then turned cold, rainy, cold, play was suspended, et cetera. Danny, Tiger mentioned that he, he doesn't know how many more of these he has left in him. Uh, this, to me, was a pure indication that he definitely has thought about this. Um, I don't think he's going to go out to the Masters tournament the way that he, has, he, he went out just past weekend i see him probably one more masters tournament maybe two but definitely one more mm-hmm. uh, and i think that would pretty much be it uh for tiger uh in terms of what we have seen if i'm not mistaken the senior pga they'll, they're able to use golf cards things of that nature um we'll see but from what People have said the Masters Golf Tournament is uh, one of the toughest golf courses to walk. And so I don't know how this would go uh, with other tournaments that he participates in moving forward. Uh, but nonetheless, Danny, I, you know, the Sea Tiger, just being out there, that's a huge accomplishment. That's a win. Uh, to see him make the cut, barely, that's still a win. Um, considering what the alternative uh, could have really been there. What say you about the Masters Golf Tournament, Danny? 
Uh, to address the Tiger thing, I think he he's going for that record. So he's tied that all time. He's it's 23 cuts in a row. So he's going to, whatever he has to do, if he has to take off the rest of the year, whatever he's going to do, depending on his health, he wants that record. So if he can clinch that, um, that could be a swan song, so to speak, for uh, the master's standpoint with him. Yeah, it was it was tough, man. I didn't I was I didn't think he was gonna make the cut the way he was playing initially, but he turned it around and he knows that course like the back of his hand. So I think he he just it was kind of the writing on the wall once he got to the third round. And there was no need to push anything. What was the point? Um, so he made his cut. He made he tied the record. So now he can go for 24 next year, um, health-wise, if he uh, is able to. And then as far as the tournament was concerned, the Live Golf Tournament, <laughs> Live Golf Golfers, man, Kefka had it. And he wore down at the end when Ron walked him down and <laughs> blew right past him. But Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. shot a seven under yesterday who yeah. saw that coming and so it was interesting just watching that dynamic as well and how they're trying to play it in the media they're trying to drum it up but no one really fell into that trap of trying to do the you know the pga versus live uh, players but it made for an interesting tournament and john rom yeah man he had a heck of a day yesterday to come back the way he did and kind of it was kept good too that kind of fell apart so great tournament all around and yeah we'll see what tiger does man going forward now getting on to major league baseball where it is the beginning of the season uh there are estimates that this pitch clock is actually working danny uh there are estimates that uh game times are down on average of 31 minutes that's crazy man mm-hmm I'm happy that these games are down 31 minutes. You know what I wonder, though, Danny? I wonder how do the pitchers really feel? You know, now they have to wind up a little bit more, a little bit sooner. Yeah. Uh, how does that really tire on their arm? I can see, and I need to get some stats on this, but I can see more uh, pitching changes happen. I would say you about uh, this pitching clock. I think it's one of those things, Jay, over time, once we get into, say, June, we'll kind of see how, you know, a a couple guys have had a few starts under their belt. You know, the relievers had a bunch of games under their belt. We'll see how they're starting to play and how these managers manage the game and manage their bullpen, bullpens, I should say. Uh, Because then you'll really know if they're really – if start dead arm starts kicking in or any type of injuries start popping up after a couple months, you'll get a feel for that. And two, the weather changes. So that may help. Cause right now it's in some of these cities they're playing in, man, it's cold. Uh, I know we're getting a warm snap now, but some of these games last week, it was cold and rainy. And so some of that subsides as well. So that may actually help. As they go down, you know, get into the June, July time frame. Yeah, and, and then according to the Associated Press, they're saying batting average is up 16 points. Stolen bases have spiked 30%. And like we mentioned, the average that, uh, time of the game is down 31 minutes. 
mm-hmm. which is on track to be the sport's lowest since 1984. Wow. That's a long time, man. <laughs> yeah. You kidding me? I mean, it's like they haven't made improvements to the game, but, you know, I think with baseball, it's all about the stats and the historical nature of those stats and everything. So they try to keep the game consistently the same uh, mm-hmm. as much as possible so that way you can have comparison. I think with the NBA, they've decided to kind of move forward with how uh, the games are done. You talk about the best player in each era of the NBA game because obviously things have changed. They modify the rules, hand check, hand checking, uh, the three point line, whatever the case may be. That's what the NBA has done, and so now it's hard to compare the arrows uh who is considered the best i think with major league baseball they've tried to so for so long keep that consistent keep the game consistent so that way you can compare uh between eras so yeah this is going to be interesting to see how this shapes up and how we as uh fans look at the game now pre pitch clock versus post pitch clock uh, and really compare the arrows here. And now, Danny, just as we're talking about baseball, we got to talk about these Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, it looks like the Brewers are in first place for now. We got a long way to go in the season, man. We only nine games in. Yep. But the Brewers are seven and two uh, in this division. Uh, one game behind us, the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting. But you have also have the likes of the Tampa Bay Rays, 9-0. and Again, this is early. We, we got a whole lot of games to be played. But, man, this is interesting. I think, quite honestly, I think a lot of people, a lot of teams are still adjusting to the speed now of the game mm-hmm. and really adjusting to – uh, the pitch clock, like we just mentioned, uh, and really adjusting to the teams. The Brewers are a younger team. And so I think th- uh, these pitchers and teams not seeing how uh, these younger players have have really played and how to pitch them, uh, I think it's a, just a matter of time before uh, the Brewers come back down to uh, or come back down to reality. But nonetheless, man, you got to celebrate when you can celebrate and we're going to celebrate Brewers being in the first place. What say you, Danny? They're actually hitting the ball. So what was our gripe last year? They couldn't hit. Yeah. And so these young guns are coming in, man, they're hitting the ball. They're pitching well, except for Burns. Burns has had a slow start, but if he can get his act together, you know, that's their ace. So they need him to get going. But with him struggling, they're still seven and two. St. Louis is sitting at the bottom of the division. This is how they usually do, man. They start slow, and then once July, once the all-star break hits, then they decide to hit the gas and turn it on. I'm hoping Milwaukee can keep hitting the ball, you know, just hang around. And then, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, then we'll see what management does. Because if they're playing the way they are and they can stay this way, what will management do? Like, are they going to tweak the lineup? Just roll with what they have, you know, bring in a bat or two or a veteran or something. So curious to see what they do. And uh, but I'm it's I'm liking what I'm seeing. It's it's exciting just from the st- standpoint that 
they got off to a hot start. And like you said, <laughs> it was a long season. So we'll see if they can maintain it. Back to your Tampa Bay Rays comment. They've beaten every team by, they've won every game by at least four runs, which is the first time since like 1940 or 1930 to start the season as well. So they're knocking, their offenses is off the chain right now as well. So it's also goes back to the offense being up with this pitch clock. So we'll see if some of these things, these numbers kind of come back to the mean, so to speak, uh, as people get adjusted and teams start scouting and understanding how to play these games with the new rules in place. Just as we were talking about the Milwaukee Brewers and everything, we got to really put a highlight here on Christian Yelich. So according to uh, sports uh, track here, uh, Christian Yelich's contract is $26 million base salary uh, with $22 million adjusted. Uh, and that goes until 2028. In 2029, he has a base salary of $20 million. Uh, and then in 2030, he's an unrestricted free agent. There's some things here to be noted, though. $28 million is deferred. So that's $4 million per year. In 2029, there's a mutual option that includes a $6.5 million buyout. If the mutual option is declined, that deferred money is paid at $2.5 million each year from 2031 to 2042. And if that mutual option is exercised, again, this is in 2029, that deferred money is paid at $2.3 million each from 2031 to 2041. And then $2.7 million in 2042. There's no, there's a no trade clause in this contract. And then there's some incentives here if he becomes MVP, All-Star, uh, Silver Slugger, et cetera, Golden Glove, et cetera. But at the end of this contract, Danny, Christian Yelich would be 38. Mm-hmm. So when he's an unrestricted free agent, he'll be 38. So this could potentially take some take him to retirement. And then he has these clauses, this mutual option clause that would basically carry him through in retirement. What say you about this Christian Yelich contract? This also speaks to the Brewers and how they're playing where Christian Yelich, their highest paid player, is not performing. He had a home run yesterday, but they've the last few years, man, they've been missing the hitting and they've been missing Christian Yelich. And for them to be under this contract, until 2029, 2030, and then they have to pay him the next 10 years after that, depending on how that goes and how much they owe him, is a detriment to the team, man. It's, and we talked about offline, man. If this was, if Yelich was in LA or New York or one of these bigger markets, he'd be getting dragged over the coals. But since he's in Milwaukee, he kind of flies under the radar. And now that them play, with them playing the way they are, he, he's, he's just sliding, but he's making all this money, which hamstrings them as an organization because then they can't bring in other players to help the team with this contract sitting on them. And at the time he signed it, it made sense. It was a team-friendly deal. But then right after he signed it, man, he got injured, and we just don't know what's going on, if it's mental, if it's physical, if there's something else going on that we're not privy to. But it's it's tough to see what he's costing them and how he's impacting them in the future, especially with the deferred payment piece. 
That's huge, Danny. In his MVP campaign, he batted 326. Uh, the year after, batted 329. I believe that uh, year he, he did get injured towards the end of the season because uh, otherwise he would be um, possibly the MVP two times in a row there. He was second in that voting. Uh, and then the batting average slipped 205, 248, 252. And this year so far, he's batting 257. Well, well, we hope he improves. And if he can bring them anything, that's an upgrade. Because this is what we were looking for last year when they needed a bat. They're looking at Yelich to say, come on, man, you, we need something out of you. So anything out of him is a bonus at this point, which is kind of a shame based on his salary. But the way he's um, struggled these last few years, I think the team will take it. Hopefully he can bounce back and – that will propel the Brewers to bigger and better things over the season. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us and remember that there's enough hate in the world, so go ahead and spread a little love.